boys screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Tank cursive on the jets. Hello, folks, and welcome back to another edition of Chuddy's Corner. I am Ben Handler, a.k.a. Chud, a.k.a. Chuddy, a.k.a. Chud Webb, a.k.a. King Chuddy, and that's where you can find me on Twitter, at King Chuddy. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick Pereno. It's been a long time, but Nick, how are we doing? Feels good to be back, Chad. Amen. Amen, indeed. Um, so, as always, you can find Nick on Twitter, at underscore Nick Pereno, P-I-R-A-I-N-O. Whew. And you can keep up with Chuddy's Corner on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now, you can follow us, download, subscribe, leave us a review, whatever you want to do. Or you can get at us on Twitter. And as always, you can find us at our home base, nickpareno.com, which is also home for all of your real estate needs. So without further ado, it has been a long time. We are back. First pod of the new NBA season. It's November 17th. It's Wednesday, and it is exactly 4.20 in the afternoon. We got a game tonight against the pretty much struggling Atlanta Hawks. But as of recording, Celts are 7-7 for ninth place in a crowded Eastern Conference standings, but obviously early. Uh, it was a pretty ugly start for the team, two and five. Uh, some bad losses mixed in. Then we had a little uh, Marcus Smart calling the team out kind of in a press conference. There was a, a players-only meeting that was uh, just a regular dinner, according to the coach. But whatever you want to call it, we've been five and two since then. So back to even, back where we started, seven and seven, looking to get above 500 for the first time this season. Um, we've seen a little bit of everything along the way. We've had, you know, two double overtime losses. We've had a couple overtime wins as well. Can't seem to avoid overtime. We've had a couple blowouts. We've blown two, uh, well, one 19 point lead and another one in the twenties. So, I mean, take your pick. We've seen almost everything so far. We've seen, of course, Jason Tatum struggle mightily. We've now seen Jalen Brown miss already a week and more with a knee injury. We've seen other guys in and out of the lineup. We've seen some vets. We've seen some kids. We've seen good play. We've seen bad. There's a lot to take away. Obviously, it's been 14 games. Also, the first 14 games, of course, of the Ime Udoka coaching era, the Brad Stevens executive era. So a lot to digest, certainly. So, Nick, do you have any general thoughts, takeaways, or just what do you, what do you want to talk about first, basically? Um, I mean, it's been a frustrating start to the season, I think. And even with the recent, you know, winning streak, um, it's still – I feel like I'm seeing a lot of the same things that we've seen over the years, sort of in a different way, I guess. But, you know, blowing these leads, I feel like – for a long time, the end of the Brad Stevens era, even you know before that, we've had a history of coming back from big deficits and blowing big, big leads for whatever that reason is. But mm-hmm. um, I know they seem like completely different things, but I don't know, maybe it's 
two sides of the same coin or something. But either way, um, blowing these big leads is very concerning. Um, even though we're getting to overtime, um, I don't know. I just – it's not what I expected. Um, <laughs> when I – when Ime first came in, before Ime was hired, I know I was um, I was pushing for like a, you know, a more like impactful like sign, at, like a higher profile, I guess. A name brand. So, yeah, and not just because like I wanted to be like, oh, you know, yeah, had Chauncey Billups or whatever, because I just thought it would be a good way to motivate and resonate with, you know, the younger kids, people that players that, you know, these guys grew up watching or idolized or whatever. Um, and that seems to be, you know, not necessarily a, a winning formula <laughs> every time, but you see that a lot in the NBA and, you know, it's kind of like these players are getting what they want. They're getting, you know, guys that they like that used to be in the NBA and I thought maybe it would be a way to kind of to get through to, uh, you know, Jalen and Jason and someone that they respect and would listen to. It's not that they didn't, they didn't respect and listen to Brad, but I think it's clear that I think there was a, you know, there needed to be a change of, uh, you know, voice in the in the locker room. And um, so that being said, once he was hired, I got it. You know, once we've you know realized that they really did have a good, he had a good relationship with Tatum and, um, you know, him and Brown and Marcus all really liked him. And I kind of, I got on board and, you know, I got on the hype train where it was like, I thought, you know, we were going to come out of the gate with this newfound energy and motivation and they were going to want to play hard for EMA and they wanted to show that, you know, the last year or two was a fluke and they can be better than that. Not like, you know, not that they've been garbage the last couple of years, but you know, last year it was, I think the biggest, you know, the biggest thing we saw was the, the motivation and, you know, the lack of hustle and effort at times. And I thought that's exactly what we we're going to get from EMA. And I thought it was going to happen, you know, immediately. And I think it was kind of disappointing. Um, I know, you know, me and a lot of Celtics fans tend to overreact um early and often but i think that's that's been the that was my biggest criticism early on in the season and you know we've seen the defense turn around a bit um you know significantly actually so it's it's good to see but that was really my biggest concern to start the year yeah that is a a fair concern there were definitely um some nights that have had you thinking like this is last year's team all over again and uh so there's a lot of truth to what you said I guess to uh, kind of go through some of your points, maybe play a little devil's advocate. So first of all, uh, I mean, you and I are in our basically mid thirties at this point. Um, so we're about what, 10 years older than the core of the Celtics team for the most part. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure they grew up watching or idolizing guys like Jason Kidd and Chauncey Phillips. Um, well, yeah. so, I mean, he played in the league. He's got a good reputation. Like I would hope that they really don't look at those guys that differently. I mean, it's not like, they're playing for like LeBron James or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I got you. I, I get what you're saying, but I think Ime still satisfies what you're talking about in terms of a guy who's a little younger and who's, you know, earned his stripes in the NBA. He played in the league for years. He wasn't a star by any means, but I think if, 
if they don't view Ime as a guy they can look up to and respect, then then I think the problem would be with the players at that point. Like I think he satisfies the need of what you're talking about a, a play a former player, someone more relatable, a credible voice, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Ime is fine, at least certainly in that regard. Um, and then in terms of yeah, bringing the intensity and kind of the the motivation, the effort, all of that stuff totally agreed also but like you said I mean it's so early it's it's the first few games of a brand new coach's career with a brand new roster and not just a brand new coach but his first time being a head coach so you gotta you gotta give some kind of adjustment period and then as you were kind of saying at the end with the defense like they've figured it out and not just figured it out in that last seven game sample where they've gone five and two they have the number one defensive efficiency in the NBA they're it seems like letting up fewer than a hundred points more in these last couple of weeks than I can remember in years. Uh, and the thing is, I don't think a lot of it's fluky because I watch and think of the last, last year, it was like the guys just couldn't figure out how to play the defensive scheme the whole year. We, you know, there was a lot of over changing players, a lot of different rotations, different lineups, different schemes, et cetera, not much practice, but how many times last year, it was like a team just made three crisp passes around the perimeter and they had a wide open three. It wasn't like they were running anything advanced. It was like, we just couldn't handle a basic pick. We couldn't out of position left and right, messing up our rotations, messing up our switches. And it just felt like teams were shooting wide open shots against us every single night this year. It's like, we've, we're getting to the point where it looks like we really know what we're doing out there. And I mean, it makes sense. Cause we're not really putting out anyone who's not a good defender. Um, you know, a couple guys you could squabble with here and there, but for the most part, it's a lot of plus defensive players and Ime is getting them to buy into his scheme. And it seems like they're starting to figure it out. I think the defensive rotations have been really crisp. Um, you know, they're, they're figuring out the switching, they're figuring out what he wants to do. And it's, it's starting to look pretty damn good. Like I said, I think almost all of our problems at this point seem to me like they're largely on the offensive end I'm pretty happy with the defense. And obviously I've been pining for years of how I want to build a defense first team. And it seems like that's what he is doing. So I think, you know, bear with it. I understand the early frustrations. Um, and yeah, there have the blown leads are unacceptable. And, and one was just the other night. So they got a long way to go, but in, in terms of like the overall takeaway to me, I like what I'm seeing out of this defense right now. I think that's how you build a winning team. And I'm kind of confident that he'll figure out the rest of the stuff. Again, he's still learning how, to, you know, substitution patterns, rotations, when to do certain stuff, obviously things that, you know, any coach has to learn and he's got to learn it on the fly. So there are going to be some growing pains, obviously still a young team, a lot more to talk about, but in terms of kind of what you said, I think I'm preaching patience and I've liked what I've seen the last few, obviously. Yeah. The, so, you know, when I was saying, he is obviously a new coach. I didn't expect him to come out of the gate as like, you know, Greg Popovich or whatever. So I, I did expect some sort of a learning curve. And, I, you know, I wasn't expecting him to come out and be like wire to wire the best team in the NBA or anything like that. But it was more just, I think they could have started the season, came right out of the gate with just some added, you know, intensity. Mm. Would have been um, nice to see. And I mean, even if they weren't playing, you know, as good a defense as they are now, mm-hmm they still could have been playing harder. And that was my biggest concern is that they still didn't look like they were really like digging in. Cause I mean, yeah. you can, you can, you know, not play well defensively or offensively, but at least 
make it look like you're giving it you know, yeah 100%. Oh, sure. and I, I think at times for the first you know handful of games that was the biggest problem is that was like mm-hmm. we still didn't look like you know we yeah. really cared at points i mean they was, just were not engaged in that first toronto game they yeah. basically they no showed it yeah so and that's disappointing that was, for, for the first that was my biggest problem because mm-hmm. um you know that's what i wanted you made to do when you came in i think that's what he started to do but i just i was that's yeah. something i expect you to be able to get out of a team you know right even as a new coach right away so uh, i'm glad you know it's turning around but that's that was my biggest reason for my yep. biggest worry and early frustration so um, i do you know it's hard to argue with the results the last whatever seven games where we are playing great defense and that's i love mm-hmm. to see that uh, well i think it's this team really it's been hard to find an identity i think has been a lot of the, the issue the last few years like we've obviously been a good team and had a lot of good players but it's like what what is our calling card kind of? And I think now it's pretty clear what the calling card of this team, what they want it to be is with the defense. And now we're, we're starting to see some results. They're up to, I think fifth in the, on the season in defensive efficiency. So, you know, that's uh 14 games now fifth in the league is, is a decent sample size for a team. That's, you know, that has been kind of frustrating. That's I think a promising stat. And it seems like, like I said, it doesn't seem super fluky. I mean, watch us give up, 140 to Atlanta tonight but overall I like I said I've I've wanted to kind of be a defensive first team and it looks like we're we're leaning into that and the guys are are starting to embrace it and I think the other thing like you said about coming out like that is you know not only does Eme have to learn how to coach but Tatum and Brown also learn need how need to learn how to to lead and to be you know those guys that make sure a team doesn't no show a game and uh, in their defense, obviously they're well, very young. We're under 25 years old, and this is the first time that it's been like clearly. Here are the keys. It's your team. Um, you could say it was last year, but there was still Kemba around, who had obviously regressed, but was you know getting paid all that money and was brought in as an all NBA guy. Like it's it was at least kind of an uncomfortable situation or transition, whatever you want to call it. This is the first time where it's like, this is their team. A hundred percent. Everything else, everything is designed around them and suit them. Um, you guys are the guys, you know, they've got vets and leaders. They've got Marcus smart, Al Horford, obviously, but like, there's no question it's their team. The coach and Brad were very clear about that. The way they spoke all off season, that this is again, that, those are the two things from the offseason. Tatum and Brown, like, those are our pillars. It's their team. And we're going to play good defense, and we're going to move the ball. We're, like, the three things you heard over and over again. And um, for better or worse, I think, like, we've seen them commit to that, and that's what's happening. Now, we'll get into uh, the part about Tatum and Brown in a second. But, again, I think it's probably in the NBA as much on them about coming out like that than it is on – Ime. So, um, yeah, for, I mean, for his first 14 games, like I've been, I don't want to say like super impressed, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm excited to see more. I, I don't, I like the direction it's heading. And I, I don't want to get too far down a wormhole here, but like you said, build an identity um, on the defensive end. It takes, obviously it takes teams, you know, a few years to really build an identity. And if we're going all the way back to like, you know, the bridge years for the Celtics after the big three era, you know, 
we broke it all down. We were building up this new identity, which was defense first. And we had scrappy guys. And that was, um, you know, what Brad was installed. And then we started getting to that point where it's like, all right, we got some good players now. Um, started adding, you know, max players, um, trade for Kyrie and all these things. And then that was almost like, you know, shifted into a new identity. Uh, and then, you know, we start stripping those pieces off Kyrie and Hayward. And then now you start breaking it down and then you bring in Kemba. It's like, you can't build an identity. You can't build, you know, a real, like, you can't build a roster that knows how to play together. If you're turning over, you know, your best players pretty much every year. Um, and if you have max players coming in and out, you know, year to year, you know, regardless of if they're your best player or not. So that's that's going to change the whole team chemistry and the dynamic. So, you know, the fact that a lot of people are saying, you know, every year it seems like we're getting worse because every year we're basically a completely different team. And it's really hard to, you know, to build this sort of, like you said, like a defensive mindset and identity when you're turning over your roster every year. Um, and that's, you know, that's a little bit on Brad, a little bit on the players. It's on Danny. It's on everybody kind of, but um, it almost feels like this is like the first year of a new, you know, new regime, which I mean, I guess it kind it of is, is considering <laughs> the name Brad. So yeah. it's, it's hard to compare this year to other years because it's mm-hmm. like you said, the first year with Damon Brown are the guys. Well, right. Um, and that's the thing. They're obviously not new to the team, but I think they are new to this, like, yeah, these role. roles again not Kemba wasn't they were both clearly better than Kemba last year obviously right. but there was still like some awkwardness when he played for sure and what was the mm. hierarchy and is he the number two option is Jalen the number two option blah 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 and I mean the year before that he started in the all-star game so again it's kind of a new new concept that even with Al back who obviously they were on the team with Al before but now Al's clearly brought back to be a supporting piece to those guys so it's a new look. And like I said, like, like you said, it takes time to build this identity, but they've made it clear what the identity is or like what we want it to be. And that's, you know, that's what we're seeing out there for better or worse. That's the identity we're building. Yeah. And I, I don't blame, I don't blame the players either really like Kemba. Like you're no, saying, no. You know, the whole hierarchy and everything. Cause that's kind I'm of, I'm not even saying like they didn't get along or no. anything like that. Kemba, they love him. I mean, you seem like a great guy, but it's just, yeah. It's, it's just, uncomfortable. Just a, it's awkward. Yeah, that um, sort of thing happens in, you know, the NBA. I mean, it happens kind of pretty much in every sport and, mm-hmm. you know, any, like, really job in life. You know, you have, you have this veteran in Kemba who was, you know, not far removed from being, uh, what was he, all pro, like, second, third team yeah. or whatever before he, before we signed him. Well, anyway, yeah, right? and not only so, that, I mean, not only the accolades, but the style of play. He was a guy in Charlotte whose usage was through the roof. He had the ball yeah. in his hands. He was the guy. He'd take every big shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's it's hard to I – mean, you're seeing it now, I mean, with the Knicks. That's how Kemba played since high school. So, I mean, I mean, a lot right. of these players yeah. played like that since high school, I guess. But, you know, totally. it's, it's hard to yeah. – it, it, it's, it's, it's not an easy task. And, um, no. you know, I'm not saying – I'm not trying to make an excuse for them, but I think that's kind of, you know, that's what they were dealing with. And, uh, you know, I think we made yeah. the right decision and it's All right. <laughs> definitely made the right decision. Well, you don't think Kemba in a starting lineup right now would look pretty good. <laughs> uh, without Al though. <laughs> yeah. 
no Al Kemba. I, I, I don't know. We'd, we st- we would be fur- even further from an identity. Yeah. But anyway, it's a little off the topic. So let's move on to, uh, I guess, kind of the elephant in the room. And that is what the hell is going on with Jason Tatum. I mean, he's shooting a ton of shots. He's missing a ton of shots. He's not getting to the line a ton. He's not finishing around the rim. Um, it's been regression in almost every single category in terms of like his scoring. Um, the other stuff, like, you know, I don't think he's been a net negative to the team, but for how much usage he takes up at a certain point, like you miss that many shots. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hurting, you know, other guys are struggling, but he's the guy who's not supposed to struggle. And again, when you talk about that identity, it's all kind of built around the idea that Tatum and Brown take that step into being the guys um, even more than they have. And that would have meant Tatum taking a leap to like, there were talks that he should be, you know, in the MVP race this year and Brown should be not far behind. And Brown obviously has been out with an injury and looked pretty good in his time, but Tatum has looked like, you know, I guess you could still call it a slump, but at this point it's, it's 14 games. That's not nothing. He's been a slow starter every year, but this is just starting to feel like more. It's starting to get concerning. We're all kind of waiting for that game where it, where it clicks and he drops 50 points and then like, we're good to go. But is that what's happening? Or are you actually concerned? Like with his long-term trajectory, this is a major step back. It's hard not to, to look at these, you know, the beginning of the season and start to, overreact a bit or panic <laughs> i guess you're pushing the panic you know, button. it's natural but no i'm not i'm not pushing the panic button um my finger is you know maybe hovering around it a little bit but okay. it's not no it's i'm not worried that he's you know regressed and you know he's going to be a average player now still think he's got all tools but it's just something looks he looks uncomfortable almost um and it's it's not like I don't want to sound simple. Like a shot looks looks off, and it's not falling. But it's like he's not. It's not like he's taking a ton of shots that you know didn't take in the past, and like they're bad looks and they're not falling. Right. It's like he's taking a lot of same shots. They're just not falling. And I know it's not that simple. It's like almost he almost looks just like rusty. It looks like he hasn't played basketball yeah. in a while. And no, I know what it's, you mean. It's 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 frustrating because like. You know, that's he – sh- he shouldn't look rusty. I mean, he's played mm-hmm. – he's been playing basketball for a long time now. He played in the, um, you know, Olympics and everything. And he should – you would expect him to come out looking sharp for the new coach and everything. And, um, yeah. you know, there are stretches in certain games where he looks like the old Tatum. But the most – I think where everybody is most frustrated with Tatum is, you know, these – these ISO looks where it's not, you know, it's not like he's a terrible ISO player, but you know, it's like he, he gets the ball and you can tell like it's in his eye. It's like, all right, he's going to take the ball. He's going to back down the guy. He's going to take this like, you know, one footed turnaround, which, you know, he can make. It's just, those aren't falling this year. So, I mean, right. if he was taking those shots and they were falling, it's not, just a not a high percentage look. Yeah. It's just not a high percentage look. And, you know, when we're playing, when he's playing through the offense, it looks a lot better. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's much easier on him. It's just, he's not taking, he's not getting himself 
easy looks. Um, and, you know, I, I was listening to, um, to Mike Gorman, and he was saying how it seems like Tatum's struggling a little bit to be the player that, you know, they want him to be, the Celtics want him to be. Because yeah. in a way, you know, they're trying to turn him into more of a playmaker, which people have been talking about for like three years now. Mm-hmm. And at times he looks like a very good playmaker. But what it, it, it kind of, it feels like he hasn't figured out how to have, to put both parts of those, his game together, how to be a playmaker and a scorer. And it's like, it's kind of like he telegraphs it. Like he gets the ball and you're like, all right, he's going to, you know, drive to the hoop and then pass it. Or you can say, all right, he's going to drive to the hoop and force a shot. Or it's like, it's like you almost know what he's going to do before he does it. And it's, he doesn't have like that. He doesn't have that, you know, option to make the pass or take the shot. I feel like he's like just dedicates himself to doing one or the other. And it's almost like, you know, it's moving too fast for him still. Um, which, you know, a lot of these superstars, it's like the game starts to slow down. I know it's like kind of a cliche and you, you hear that from like all these like great players after like a certain amount of years in the NBA. It's like all of a sudden the game slowed down for me. And then I think that's when, you know, you can do both effectively. You can be a playmaker and a scorer. And I just don't, it just doesn't seem like he's there yet. He's, he yeah. seems like he's having trouble processing. Well, so, which is a hard place to get to, as we've said a lot of times, like, it's almost unfair to expect him to be that at this point when, like you said, he's a natural score. He's not a magic Johnson, LeBron type. It takes even the best of these guys. Look at, you know, guys like Durant and Kawhi Leonard. They've never exactly become guys who are putting up like 10 assists a game. They've gotten to be elite playmakers and ISO players over time. But I mean, they got there maybe Durant a little earlier, but Kawhi less naturally, probably, you know, almost the last couple of years only maybe like in Toronto and beyond, but it's almost two different questions. Like on the one hand, there's the step into elite playmaker for Tatum is one issue. But the other issue that I think is kind of the bigger issue, at least right now, is that even like the old Tatum doing what he always does and the shots just aren't going in. And at this point, it's just like a long shooting slump, but it's like, He's just his field goal percentages are down so much, and you watch the game, and it's like, oh, yeah, like it, it doesn't look like anything's off. I guess it looks like he's just playing his normal game, getting into the shots he always gets in, which some of them aren't shots you love, but they're at least shots we've come to expect him to make at a high rate, and he's just not making them. Like, he's barely over 30% on threes. Um, you know, he's been around and above 40% the last few years on threes, so that's obviously a huge step down. Um, is field goal percentage in general. Like I said, every part of the court, it's just down and you watch him and it's shots that he's used to seeing fall. We're used to seeing fall. And that's the thing. Like, even if he didn't take a, taken a step, but he was just giving us the Jason Tatum from the end of last year, that would be good enough. Certainly, like the team you'd have to think with how close some of these games have gone and how bad he's been. Like, is even him just being where he was last year enough to swing like four or five of these games that we're having a different conversation because we're near the top of the East standings. Like to me, the playmaking, I still think I see some good stuff. I'm like still patient. I'm, I'm confident that will come. I'm just starting to worry about the other stuff and the lack of, of shooting and score. I mean, I shouldn't say scoring because again, this guy's still scoring 23 and a half points a night. He's at a, a career high, almost eight and a half rebounds. So 
he's out he's out there scoring but I mean, especially with how many t- games t- uh, Brown has missed, you'd expect him to be having some, a lot of, you know, closer to 30, some big nights and it's not there. It's like, he's just laboring to get to around 20 or so points on a terrible efficiency. And that is what's concerning to me. Yes. The efficiency is definitely what I would say would be the biggest, um, biggest concern right now. And it's like, you said three point percentage, you know, he's just over, you know, 30%. And then field goal percentage in general is under 40%. Yeah. So bad. See, this <laughs> two point percentage is really bad. 426. So just taking like, you know, mid range and layups is just over 40%, which is not. And he's shooting but... 20, like 22 shots a game. Yeah. Which is, right. which is a lot. And I mean, it, it's, it's, a... <laughs> it's actually, it's like less than yeah. two shots more a game than he took last year. Surprisingly, that seems like a lot more, but. Um, right. Another thing too is his free throw percentage is down. He, he leads the league in field goal attempts for the right, which so, is per yeah. game. Right. Um, uh, so you expect though, more points. Another thing too, yeah, is that you know he goes to the line and usually he was like you know automatic, mm-hmm. but for some reason it's like he's got the yips there too. It's yeah. I mean he's at seventy six percent, seventy seven percent. He's down ten, but that's down. He's closer to ninety last year, so it's right. Some. Yeah, it's at this point, it's like, okay, is this just a really bad slump or like mm. what's up? Um, yeah. I mean, they obviously changed to a Wilson NBA ball this year, new ball. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's the issue. They obviously have changed some rules. They're letting the defense get away with a lot more physicality. But at the end of the day, like, it really, it just looks like a slump. Like he's getting into good shots, making his moves that he always makes. And it seems like shots are just off. Like he's just off shooting. And I don't know really. <laughs> what what to say what like what what do you do mm. and you know paul george was complaining about the balls but he's kind of playing out of his mind so yeah, um, yeah anyway. well right some guys are struggling but this seems like like something more than other what other people are going through it's it's such a drastic drop in yeah. the shooting that um yeah. yeah like it's it's hard not to to be getting concerned we need yeah, when is the eruption coming when are we getting back to like i said even it's not even like he just plateaued. It's like he reg- he's regressed at this point a yeah. good amount. Yeah. And he can't – I mean, it's it's completely untenable to keep this efficiency going on this volume. Um, at what point – and, I mean, obviously it hasn't gotten to the point because of Jalen's injury. But, like, if Jalen was healthy right now and still playing well, like how much would the balance of control shift? And at what point is it like Jalen is now more the guy than Tatum? Yeah. Or is that, or is it way too soon to be having that conversation? Well, you've seen, uh, you've seen Tatum concede to Schroeder already a couple of games this year. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that was Tatum. I, mean, I am interested to, to know if you know, at the end of those, what game was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the Cavs game when uh, Cavs the first game. Cavs game when Schroeder missed the when we blew the nineteen point lead and it was Schroeder isoing in the final moment. It looked. To me, like they were trying to get it to Tatum at first, and I think uh, Rubio jumped to get in the passing lane, and they yeah. kind of doubled him and went to Schroeder. But from there, from that point, it was just clear out, and Schroeder's taking it. So, yeah, hard to know, I guess, how much. But I, I guess just in terms of like, at what point they say, Jason, you can't, you can't take twenty-two shots a game if if this yeah. is how you're shooting. Like you just can't, or we, you're completely handicapping the, the, our team, and we have right. like 
hard to overcome that basically yeah. on a nightly basis. Yeah, and it's, it's frustrating at times when you see, well, you can see he's getting frustrated. He definitely. And sometimes it's like, you know, he gets frustrated and then he lowers his shoulders and goes to the basket and you're like, all right, see, that's what you should be doing when the shot's yeah. not falling. But then all the other times it's like, you can tell he's frustrated and he's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, go back to the post and do my one-footed, you know, turnaround. And it's like, that's not going to get you out of the slump. Well, like, so one thing, I mean, obviously we talked about it a lot and we've all kind of wanted it. And Ime has even talked about how much they kind of want to turn him into like a bully ball monster and he's put on all this weight and all that. Do you think that is kind of affecting him at all that he's lost some of kind of the pure finesse aspects of his game and he's trying too hard to make like bully ball happen? Um, I don't know. To be honest, the other day, I thought he kind of looked a little leaner than he has the last year. And I don't know if it was just, you know, if I was seeing things or not, but I was looking at him and I was like, I swear to God, last year, he is like shoulders were way bigger and his <laughs> arms were like way bigger. And I know like, you know, he's never, he's like, you know, not going to be honest, but he was like, yeah. he looked big last year and obviously yeah. he played well. And this year he's still a lot bigger than he did, was coming into the league, but I don't know. I, I feel like he kind of looks a little leaner than he did last year. Um, but I have no idea if that's true or not. But um, <laughs> if, but that being said, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think everybody obviously want has been wanting him to do that for years, and I think ultimately he keeps reverting back to what he to what he knows and what he's comfortable doing. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think he should change his game to be a complete like bully ball lower your shoulders and get to the basket because you know he's been in the league this is what his fifth year in the league now and he's you know made a nice living scoring the way he's been scoring so yeah i'd like to to add that element to the game i don't want to change it but and i i've I've seen some nice stuff like he's pulling it off at times you know it's not like it's just a disaster like i think the hope is still that he can kind of incorporate it and be that elite three level scorer, which was kind of yeah. the idea. Not that he would turn into, you know, 99, well, 90s Shaq. That's why I think most people are getting frustrated too, is that they're like this, you know, when they see him do it, he's like, that's what he should be doing. And when he's not mm-hmm. doing it, they're like, why isn't he playing like this? Right. And But again, I, I mean, it's the threes and the outside shots have been falling his whole career. So it's yeah, not like yeah, I, wanted, I mean, like, wanted him to stop shooting threes. It's when, when he's in the slump like he is now and those shots aren't falling, it makes it even more glaring when people are like, why does he keep shooting that? Right. Go to the basket. Yeah. Or, yeah, but I mean, that's it's a little bit how more. He's played. It's how he's played. Yeah. It's been effective no, his I whole know. life. But I mean, yeah. that's it's like scenarios like that where it's going to be more mm-hmm. apparent or people are going to, you know, of course, yell a yeah. little bit louder. But I mean, um, it never looks like a bad shot when it goes in. Exactly. Yeah, like we were saying, it's like he's taking a lot of, he's not really taking shots that he hasn't taken in the past. Right. Like he looks like he's playing the same game that he did last year. It's just shots yeah. aren't falling. So right, exactly. And that's the thing, is like I have no major nitpicks with like shot selection and he's not it's not like I'm moaning and groaning watching him play. It's just shots that I'm used to seeing going in are just yeah. clanging off the iron is like right. the main the main thing for me. Again, yeah. I, it's not like I was expecting him to come out and be putting up twelve assists a night all of a sudden. Like no. No, I, know. I know that that's gonna take time. But I guess so final thing on Tatum. Do you think that, you know, he's just going to snap out of it one of these nights and it'll be full speed ahead? Or 
is this like a new now a long-term concern and have you has it changed I guess like your long-term outlook and expectations of Tatum as a player and his potential I don't know if it's going to be like a snap out of it and then he's ready to go for the rest of the year I definitely see him having you know one of those games where you're like wow he's back Mm-hmm. And he, you know, just has a great shooting night and scores 50. But I don't think – I don't know if it's necessarily like a snap out of it moment. I think I think it's going to be sort of like a long-term, you know, couple months, like a, sort of a transition into this new role, I guess. Not really a new role necessarily, but, you know, the, yeah. the role of being the, you know, the leader and the guy, I guess, without having – you know, a camber or someone in front of you um, to speak for you, whatever. And I think that along with being the playmaker um, or trying to be a better playmaker, I think it's just, I think it's something he's going to have to learn. And it's not really, you know, because it's not really something you can learn in practice. It's not something he was going to learn on the, um, you know, the Olympic team being, uh, considering he was not even close to the first option. But this is kind of something I think that's, gonna take some you know he's gonna have to learn on the fly and I don't think it's a long-term like trajectory like I'm worried about him type of thing Um, I think he will figure it out and I think basically what's gonna happen is we're gonna find out he can either be that guy at the next level that can do it all you know score be a great scorer and playmaker or he's just gonna be more of the guy that he's been you know in the past, whereas like he's just a great scorer and you know he is what he is. So I mean, I think this is probably the year that we're going to see if he has that next level in him or not. And if he does, then you know that's great. We found the guy and you know build around him and hopefully win a couple championships. And if he's not, then that doesn't mean sucks. It just means you know he's probably not a top five player if he can't get to that level. Um, so, I mean, regardless what happens, he's going to be awesome. I just – it depends on what happens this year in this, this role that's going to determine if he's, like, the next, like, elite superstar top five guy. Yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, I wouldn't say that last part is, like, make or break this year. Obviously, we'd like to see him keep progressing along that path if it's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I'm more in the – not not panicking i think i still think that this is just a slump i think he's given us enough of a sample size at least in the the scoring and the other stuff that i'm I'm confident he'll he'll get his shot back he'll be just fine um i like his defense like, too. yeah he's, his, pretty good defense he's rebounding year. almost he's at eight and a half rebounds a game is highest in his career so he's contributing in other ways and i think he's still being a good teammate and um a good leader uh, it's like really just <laughs> the shots got to go in yeah. and I'm still confident that they will. I don't think this is just who he is now and he's just become a worse shooter um, in right. the off season. I'm, I'm not, I'm far from there yet. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Whether he'll ever be like a league MVP. I wouldn't say like my opinion has really changed um, much. It, it just it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year, but long-term, like I still think he's what, 23 most guys don't reach that level by at least 25 or so so he's got another season or two if that's still what we're seeing at the end of like next year then yeah maybe maybe it'll just never happen but even if that never happens like he could still be a guy who's all nba five seven seven times you know 
which is All right. still a, still a valuable player. You know, you, you still want <laughs> those right. You exactly. want those guys on your team. Yeah, right. Is it twenty three and a half, eight and a half a night? Is you know the worst Jason Tatum we're gonna get? That's something right. you can live with. Yeah. But uh, it's but that version of Jason Tatum, this version is not the best player on an NBA championship team. I think that is pretty clear. And frankly, I think that's he for better or worse is uh, not for better or worse, but he's the reason, the biggest reason that we have this seven and seven record. I think mm-hmm. if he's 10, 15% better, like we all expected, where uh, at least a few other, those other games along the way go in our favor. Yeah. Well, if our Sucks, your best but, player, if your best player is playing, you know, yeah like your best right. player, then you're probably going to win four games. <laughs> if your best player's not playing right. that well, then you're not going to win a lot of games. So, yeah, generally. For sure, for sure. All right, moving down. The other the other star we haven't seen in a while, um, Jalen, I think, started came out of gates the opposite, like very hot. It was obviously amazing on opening night. Was leading the league in scoring for those first few games. Stayed pretty hot for the most part. And then we've seen him disappear with a knee injury. I think he's been out. About a week now, they said he's going to ramp up his activity, but still out for tonight's game. Um, thoughts on, I guess, what you saw in the in the games we saw Jalen play, if anything, and then thoughts on this injury, anything concerning, or just kind of being cautious early in the year? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess probably caution, but it's hard to say. I always, I always worry about injuries, especially with people who tend to get lingering injuries um you know there's a lot of people well roll an ankle or whatever and you're out for a couple weeks and you're like all right well you know they'll be fine but it seems like Jalen sort of has a track starting to get a track record with these like sort of lingering injuries I mean obviously he was out for however many months last year um or 10 the year but um I don't know I just I I I don't want to I'm hoping that he's not one of these injury prone guys. And I'd say with him, you play, you exercise caution and, you know, give him some time to heal. Um, yeah. Especially because it's, it's the same, it's the same leg they was having trouble with last year. Right. So, you know, I, that's definitely something you don't want to screw around with. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I, right now I'm, I'm assuming it's just, you know, caution or maybe I'm in caution, just playing it, you know, safe and, doing what's right because i mean it's not like you know it's it's not like we need to win these games right now we need to have them ready for the rest of the year and hopefully the playoffs um yeah right it's, but also obviously it would be silly he, to force yeah. it and as far as he played <clears throat> uh, to start the year it's he pretty much looks like he looked you know at his peak last year mm-hmm. um you know, after surgery and rehab and everything, he looks like the same guy. Um, you know, maybe even slightly more confident, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's not like... Well, again, you know, he is the number two guy. Yeah, but I mean, Makes even sense. if you look at his numbers, they're like almost identical to last year. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, even like the optics of it, you see and he's like, he looks like he's playing even better, but you know, he's like pretty much the same guy as he was last year and just, you know, looks maybe a little better. I mean, he's, his points are right around the same as, you know, he's taking 19 shots, same as last year, making nine, 
you know, his field goal percentage is the same. His three-point percentage is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, free throw percentage is exactly the same. Same amount of rebounds, everything. It's like he looks like the same, you know, Jalen Brown that he was last year. And, you know, I think, you know, I think what we're waiting for too, not waiting for, but what we're hoping is that he has the next level as well. And we, I think we saw it in spurts. Because, I mean, this these numbers he's putting up, that also includes, I think, didn't he have like a couple of games where he just like couldn't hit, hit a shot? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we've seen him be super hot and super cold and that's why the numbers fall right around where they were last year. It was like on the best nights, uh, you know, obviously that opening night game and a couple others, he looked like, wow, is this, (laughs) is this Jalen now? And then there's other nights where he kind of was disappearing, um, especially some fourth quarters, some blown leads, some crunch time where it seemed like he was kind of just uninvolved. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think we've seen a little of both. Yeah. You see, so like, First game of the year, scored 46. Game two against Toronto, scored nine. So, I mean, that's right. a pretty drastic. And Ime know, even mentioned it. Ime kind of called him out, I think, after those first five games, saying he – forget the exact quote, but he basically said it's inexplicable to him how Jalen can be so drastically, like, different on two right. different nights where he can look yeah. like that on one night and go back to that on the other. He said it basically makes no sense to him. It's like, well mm-hmm. – First of all, you, you got to figure that out. You may, <laughs> yeah, right. um, but kind of your job too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I would like we, we'd all like to see it on a more consistent basis. We know it's there. We all we all love Jalen. We know what he's capable of. Um, but yeah, it still seems like he he's too good to go for a, a, even a quarter with like forgetting he's out there. And there have just yeah. been far too many stretches this season. Some where the Celtics are really struggling. And it's like, where are you? And some of it is, is Ime has to mm-hmm. get him the ball. And if it's, you know, if it's Tatum say, Hey, you got to get involved. But some of it is Brown again, where I said, assuming that new role, you're not a number three option anymore. You got to go demand the ball. You got to go get the ball. You got to make plays. So I think it goes both ways. And again, it's, he's hasn't played in that many games, obviously. And it's still early and he's was coming back from a, a wrist surgery and hadn't played basketball in a while. And considering all of that, the fact that, like you said, he pretty much looked like he picked up where he left off. So it's not like we're killing the guy, but um, I think we still are hoping when he comes back that he'll be fine. And uh, we will kind of see, see that step taken. Uh, it's, it's almost like, the games where he struggles, he starts to defer. It's like almost like the opposite of Tatum, where it's like Tatum will just keep shooting, try and break out of it. But then, you know, like Jalen, it's like if the shots aren't falling for him, it's, you know, maybe he starts to hesitate a little more. Maybe he'll pass it up. It's like he's not, you know, you look at the games where he struggles. It's like second game, first game of the year, he took 30 shots. Second game, he took nine. He was three of 13. Right. you know, 0 for 7 from 3. Yeah. So it's like, that just makes no you know, sense. right. It's like he, he wasn't, he, the shot wasn't falling. So he just like stopped shooting almost. And then, mm-hmm. you know, all the games where he scores a lot of points, he's taking a lot of shots, which obviously makes sense. And the games where he's not scoring a lot of points, he's not taking a lot of shots. I think it's sort of, I don't know if it's like a confidence thing with him. And I just, I think he's got to just keep going. I mean, he's, he's a good enough scorer. He's a proven scorer to this point where you know <clears throat> he has the background and the accolades to be like all right you can fight through your you know your right. slump or whatever this game it's like i'm taking over. You know, a lot of yeah like a lot of less yep. accomplished guys it's like they come out of the gate like you know one for eight it's like all right well it's just not your night like start passing the ball or whatever 
but with Jalen, he's you know he's good enough that he can, you know, he's the shots are gonna start falling. So I think he's gotta be more confident in his ability to, you know, break out of these bad shooting nights. Yeah. That is definitely fair. I think we're on the same page with that. Um, and again, I mean, I still think there's obviously a lot of reason for optimism uh, with Jalen, like nothing discouraging that I've seen. It's just, we're, we're still kind of waiting to see him and Tatum both put it together and take the next step at the same time. And again, they haven't had a lot of games together to do it. So preach impatience, but yeah, we're on the same page there with Jalen uh, and hopefully he ramps up uh, this this uh, recovery from the knee, and he'll be back very shortly. So moving on to some other guys on the roster we don't need to talk about as long for, but uh, I guess first impressions and early thoughts on the new faces who are playing a lot. So it's Dennis Schroeder, obviously, Josh Richardson, and the old, old new face, Al Horford, have been uh, obviously the three main newcomers who are – steady parts of uh, the rotation right now. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, Al Horford, I've been saying all year, has been our best player. Most consistent. <laughs> He's um, been great. He's been great. He has been awesome. He looks better than he pretty much ever has almost. Uh, I mean, he really maybe you know, in this role, like, I'm not saying he's better than he was on the Hawks, but for the role he's feeling now, yeah, like, he seems better than when he was on the Celtics before, at least as good. Maybe part of it is the expectations. But, yeah, he's been absolutely above and beyond anything they could have hoped for. Yeah, he, and, like, and you and I are too, we're optimistic to begin with, and it was he's still <laughs> blasting past my expectations. I've, I've always loved so Al, cool. but, yeah, like you said, we're always optimistic about Al, but he's even better than I thought he would be. Um, you know, especially at this age. And um, I don't know if it's just because, you know, we've been without him for the last couple of years and I forgot what it's like to have a guy like that, but he just, he looks, he looks awesome. And he's been really consistent and he's been, you know, doing the things he always does, playing great defense, playing hard. And like, it's almost like he's even more confident offensively than he was even like last time when he left with us. He and I know he's never been like the first option for us offensively, but yeah, he's like, He's ready to shoot every time he gets the ball. He'll take like, yeah. Know, and I know he he, he'll always take like a open spot up, but it's like, right. I've seen a couple of times where he was like, you know, behind three, had the ball, did a little step fake, and then shot the ball over somebody. Or you know, he's like, yeah. he's taking you know, athletic looking shots. Like, yeah, he's he is. looking for. He's had some time. thunderous dunks, like, yeah. like in traffic. Right. Exactly. Like. I can't remember. I I, swear, I think I texted you one night. I forget which game, but he took one dribble, one step from like the three point line and threw it down in the oh, yeah. in traffic in the lane. And I was said, like, I don't can't remember seeing him throw it down that hard since like he was on at Florida. Yeah, um, I, mean, it's like, I don't know where this stuff has come from, but yeah, it's it's awesome. Not that he ever really was bad. I think we talked, and it's looking more true than ever that in Philly he was just completely miscast, um, misused, and they just. It, it was a terrible fit from the get-go, so that never worked out there. Um, and then when they dumped him to OKC, like we said, when he played last year, he always looked good. So, um, again, we obviously weren't expecting this, but I almost kind of have a theory, too, with what you said about – or what we were saying about Tatum and Brown, how they're kind of struggling to embrace their new rule, roles as the team leaders and pillars of the team. I think Horford is completely gone the other way and totally is embracing this new role of kind of being the veteran role player, steadying presence who, uh, you know, he's not expected to go out there and live up to all, all, all NBA expectations anymore. He's just fit in, 
do your job, play your game, which is kind of always what he's wanted to do. But I think now he, he gets to do it without kind of the team needing him to be a star, which is it's really the first time in his career, I think, where he's kind of had this freeing role. And I think that's probably helping. But either way, it has been great to have Al back. And yeah, I can't imagine where we'd be without him. I hope uh, I hope this can continue. And I mean, you know, knock on wood, I don't see any reason why it largely shouldn't. I don't know if he's going to lead the league in blocks like he is, but. <laughs> but in a way, like, yeah. even if this is, you know, as good as he looks all year, it's mm-hmm. really impressive. Um, yeah. You know, he's old, so he's probably going to, you know, he's probably, probably going to wear it on a little bit yeah. throughout he the might year. Sit but some back to backs and stuff yeah. and whatever. That's that's on you, made to keep him fresh. Yeah, um, definitely. Which hopefully he can. And I mean, such a good defender. Now, so I'm hoping with time we're down now, it's not like, you know, we don't burn them out too much. Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be hard to find. We've got other yeah. guys. And I mean, that's, yeah. that's one of the things too, is that another just huge difference from last year is the depth. Like we've got options now on the bench. It's not like, well, who do we have tonight? Uh, Ojale and Carson Edwards. are like the old first two guys off the bench. Like yeah. at this point, it's, it's the other way around. There's players who are good and we like that we can't find minutes for. So you it's don't a good problem. How, we didn't realize how bad our roster was until right. Like our bench is actually good, um, and that's largely thanks to guys like Al and then these other two. So and then what? Do you, what about what do you think of Schroeder and Richards and the actual new newcomers? We didn't um, already know. So I'm happy. You know, I'm reasonably happy with both. I Schroeder's obviously. He seems like the guy that he was. You know, I guess on OKC, um, and. You know, Atlanta, I guess, but uh, you know, when in, in LA, oh, the Lakers was, two years ago, yeah, yeah, I mean, Lakers two years ago. I mean, I think he kind of, um, I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know. Last year was a little, I get he was, he was, he's always been good, but I think yeah. he's kind of playing like the guy that he had a bad year last year. Yeah, he's playing like the guy that he, he he's been most of his career. Yeah, um, which is a good score. He's you know scrappy. He can play one on one. He's you know he's a decent um facilitator i guess but he's yeah. just uh he's, he's a, a couple guy of that, monster nights yeah he's had some monster nights and i think which is again we didn't have a guy like that like a tertiary option who could just show up and give you a 30 point night out of nowhere so exactly we talked so about how nice that is to have especially coming off the bench when everyone's healthy it's been such a grind i mean he yeah i feel like he really really kind of turned up a notch when Jalen went down too so i mean like now he's, yeah he's He's the second scoring option now right. for us. Um, so now that he's kind of figured, I'm hoping that now that he's kind of figured out the offense and his role, that when Jalen comes back, you know, mm-hmm. he'll still now he'll slot in as the third scorer, but it'll be like, you know, yeah. he'll know what he's doing now. Right? He'll, he'll, he understands. Yeah, he understands the offense better. Yeah, um, I think so. And I think, well, you know, the, the if you want to kind of nitpick with Schroeder like it's obvious yeah could he be a better defender sure could he turn the ball over less sure could he you know is his usage too high sure these are all possibly true but at the same time this is a guy who if you think about kind of the circumstances that we got him under and what we're paying for him like it's just a home run signing so far and I think this is what they generally wanted from him and we've seen it and you know he's filling that role to perfection so I think at this point, what would be the biggest complaint? Like just that he's taking minutes and usage away from other guys who should be getting it. But I mean, come on, he's playing well. We want to win now. Like there's no question he deserves this role over like Peyton Pritchard. So, I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. It sucks that there's probably 
no avenue to keeping him around um, past this year. So, I mean, it could get interesting around the trade deadline. Probably a lot will depend on how the team's looking at that time. But um, so far for what this signing was, again, I don't see how you could say that it's been like an an AA plus signing. I think it's a good, yeah. I mean, the signing's been pretty much exactly what we thought it would is, you know, unbelievable value for a guy of his caliber. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I still think he probably should have taken that offer last year. I mean, <laughs> even if he plays yeah. like he's playing now, I think he does great. Too. It's like he's not, I don't think he's, he's really good. more than he's going to make more than no. he was offered last year, really. So, no. And I mean, even he's never going to be more than like a really good bench player either. A right. team would be silly to pay him too much because that's just the, the best role for him. So and he's awesome thriving six, in a familiar role. Yeah. Which is yeah. perfect. That's what we needed. So, We've needed yeah. it for years. So love it. Um, and what about Richardson? Richardson is kind of what I was hoping he would be. And I mean, I think I was probably, I don't know. I was pretty high, not high on Richardson, but I was like, you know, I was hoping, I was, I was hopeful he was going to kind of be a good contributor yeah. just because I thought he could be, you know, a solid three and D guy, which, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of proved earlier in his career. And I know he had some struggles as of recent, but, um, he's got, you know, he's got the tools to be that kind of guy, which is a three and D guy is yeah. like, you know, pivotal in the NBA right now. So a three and D wing is so valuable and we just right. haven't had one beyond Tatum and Brown who are obviously more than that, but we haven't had any really like respectable wings other than them and forever. So mm-hmm. it was an important role to fill. And yeah, I, I was pretty down on Richardson the first few games and like, especially in some of the losses, it was frustrating to see him out there over when, you know, Neesmith is getting DMP'd and this and that, but I got to say, like, he's grown on me. He's playing well. And it's hard to argue that Neesmith should be playing over him right now because he honestly just kind of looks like a polished version of Neesmith. Like he's crushing it on defense. He's making a lot of plays and he's, he's scoring. He's finding ways to score. And it's not just like sitting in the corner shooting. He's making some plays out there too. He can handle the ball, play make a little bit. He's cutting to the basket. And then, you know, he's had some really nice shooting nights too. So again, like you said, for kind of, uh, you know, just grabbing him for that TPE, basically a salary dump by Dallas, we've turned him into a pretty important role player. And again, the people are clamoring that they want to see the kids play over him. But at this point, unless we're just tanking on the season or something like he's, earned that role in these minutes and he's been a, a major positive so far i'd say maybe not a major positive but uh a positive. definitely a positive <laughs> yeah. and we were we were all like guilty of clamoring for neesmith over him too and then you know i would still like to get these yeah. more minutes it's just you know, there's a lot of right. competition right now but yeah i think right. it's it's hard to argue that he's earned his minutes and earlier in the year when we were in that you know we started two and five or whatever we were like why isn't neesmith playing Right. Why is Richardson playing? He's like, doesn't look that great. Yeah. And then no, he kind of all of a sudden it. turned it up and we're seeing why he's, yeah. you know, they're trusting him yeah. with those minutes. Um, and he's getting the defense, the schemes, the switch, and he can do it. He's a, he's a versatile defender. Like, yeah. So I like what they're getting out of him and another good signing. Um, so I'm happy with him. I mean, if yeah. this is what he is, then he's perfect for us for this year. And you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, we have him, we, we, we gave him, he has one more year after this too, right? Yes, that's correct. So but we'll see. I mean, if he keeps playing like this, then he'll be movable if we want to move him. So, yeah. Okay. 
Um, all right. So then what are your thoughts on, I guess, kind of the other faction of the team, which is the kids. So the Williamses, Rob, who I think is kind of in a separate class from these other guys, because he's established himself as a core part of this team whenever he's healthy. And then your Grant Williams, Romeo, Neesmith, and Pritchard. What, uh, what have your, been, been your thoughts on them so far, I guess, kind of versus expectations. Uh, we don't need to spend a ton of time on these guys. I don't, I don't consider time Lord in that conversation. He's right. I mean, he's, he's a, kid, a kid, but yeah, but, no, yeah, but he's, he's established. Yeah, he got he's paid. established he's, and he's paying. Yeah. He's yeah. playing the way he should be playing when he's healthy. And I know he's Agreed. out tonight, but um, yeah. yeah, he is. Any, any is. concern and we, about the injury? They said they just kind of precautionary stuff. He obviously left. Uh, what was it? Halftime second half last game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to be out tonight too. The team said he's fine. They just didn't want to push it. Any um, concern just because of who he is and his history, yeah. or you think it's totally just always a- always worried about Time Lord? But yeah, but I mean, look at the of, minutes he's played this year. Like yeah. they've completely taken the training wheels off and just said, you know, we were paying you to do this. This is what you're going to do. And he's gone out. He's been playing. You know, this is a guy who's been struggling to get 20 minutes a game. He's been up closer to 30. Mm-hmm. Some of those overtime games, I think, what he play almost 40 minutes. Like yeah. unheard of stuff for him. Um, and hasn't been committing fouls and the stuff that's mm-hmm. kept him out of games so far. Again, knock on wood, I've been it's it's been really good. And if he can consistently be that guy, and there have been a few mm-hmm. rough nights, he's had some rough nights, but, yeah, but again, done. that's part of a guy who another guy like like the Jays, but to a lesser extent, has kind of taken on a new role, new expectation of like you're the starting center, you're arguably like the third guy on this team at least that's kind of the plan moving forward um but in that discussion certainly so uh you know i think he's adjusted really well so far mm-hmm. and you know hopefully this is nothing and he'll be back and good to go next game but yeah this is this is i think the progress we wanted to see for the most part yeah we talk about time ward probably just as much as you know, anybody and um you know we're part of two of his bigger fans i'd say um, yeah so i mean this is this is what we have expected this is what he's been just at a lesser capacity for you know the last couple of years so it's good to see that he's handling it well and he seems a lot more confident too offensively even i'd say um, mm-hmm. you know it's almost like a lot of times he'd get the ball down low and if there was someone anywhere near him he'd just pass it up but he's just taking yeah. a little he's been taking a little bit of a hook here he right? has like and i think that was feet. I think that's something they must have drilled into him because there were times also even the beginning of this year, the first few games where it was like he was, and he's a great passer. But it was like he was overpassing, you know, he'd get yeah. the ball and try like make a nice kick out to the corner, but it's almost it, Rob, just dunk it. Right. <laughs> just that dunk way. that ball. You don't need to kick that out, but yeah. go up strong. Um, but yeah, so happy see, with I, Rob. No doubt. I feel like no he doubt. has a good, good chemistry with just about all of our yeah. ball handlers too. Like, you know, it doesn't Definitely. you even see, you know, you see Pritchard come in for two minutes and he's throwing him lobs mm-hmm. on like yeah. a pick and roll. And then obviously Marcus and Schroeder's even seems yeah. less. I mean, obviously he, people like playing with him. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's, you know, just, who, who wouldn't, what, what ball yeah. handler wouldn't love, uh, you know, a rim runner like that to finish and boost their assist numbers. But not yeah, much else right. to say about time ones, though. I think, no, we, for sure. So, what about the other Grant, Romeo? Um, very encouraged by Grant. And Romeo, um, I guess start with Grant. I mean, this is kind of like what we've been saying since he's been in the league. Is this third year now? Uh, yes. So, you know, he's always – he's had sort of those, like, intangibles, I guess, which when he came out was like he's a, you know, sort of polished, more seasoned guy. And he's 
doesn't really have a high ceiling, but he's a guy that can probably contribute on the NBA team, come off the bench or whatever. And if he can develop, you know, a consistent, even just a corner three, then mm-hmm. he could be a contributor. That's kind of looks like, you know, what he's got uh, or what he's, he's looks like he's figured out how to have, I don't know what his numbers are, but he seems like he's hitting threes at a high percentage. Um, and he's doing a lot of the little things that he's always done. So, you know, the problem with him in the past has been if he can't, he's giving you nothing offensively, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's really limited to, you know, how much time you can play and, you know, how many minutes we can give him. But right. if he's just, if he's just hitting open threes, then he can, he can get good minutes. He can contribute. So yeah. happy to see that from him. Yeah, I've been happy with Grant, too. And like you said, so much of it is just knocking down open shots. And he has been. He's shooting almost 42% from three. Um, had some good nights. And that's all it's a bit for him. He's good otherwise. Um, and, you know, they've been putting him out there in good lineups. He's another defender who can switch stuff. And, yeah, it's his third year. He's getting real minutes. And he looks like a legit bench player, which is kind of all we've ever really hoped for. And it looks promising that that's what he, what he is. And, uh, you know, it's helpful, especially when we've got guys like Al and time Lord, who we can't exactly expect may might play every single night. So it's, it's good to see that he can kind of fill that role of third big has been, has been promising that he's been the guy and it's not been, we haven't really been forced into using, uh, you know, our end of the bench guys who are less questionable. And that's mostly, I think, cause, Grant has played so well and he's, he's filling the role that we all hoped he would. So yeah, mostly good things to say about Grant. Like I've seen there. Uh, what about Romeo? I think, I think the last couple of years before too, before we get out of it, lately last year we were saying is like, we were hoping he could develop into sort of like a PJ Tucker type player, where it's like an undersized mm-hmm. big just needs to hit corner threes and play good defense and play hard. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he's turned into. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be PJ Tucker, but you know, no, a but that kind of role. Like, that kind of roll, sure. Yeah, so that's all I got him. Yeah, and then I'm Romeo. Great. Romeo, I've been very encouraged about Romeo, and I've I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who's like saying that Romeo sucks. Why is he even in the NBA? Like they didn't get oh. it at all. And I was like, What do you mean? Romeo's great this year, and he was <laughs> just like, Why? What does he do? And I was like, Well, what? And yeah, and I, it's like he's Damn. he's. I feel like he's kind of, it's just, it's almost sort of clicked. I feel like this year for him, whereas, yeah, you know, it's never necessarily been that he's lacked confidence, but he's kind of like lacked, I guess, confidence in a way. Well, and this yeah. year, he's kind of seems like he's comfortable in his role. And when he's out there, he's knows what to do. It's like, all right, I'm, you know, if I get the ball and, um, you know, I need to make the right pass, I'll make the right pass. If I need to, you know, mm-hmm. cut to the rim, I'll cut to the rim. If I get the, an open shot, I'll take it. He's hitting threes, playing pretty good defense. Um, again, if he's like, I was, you know, I think we've, like we were saying, three and D wings are great. I don't know if he's necessarily a three and D wing yet, yet wing yet. I guess I don't know if we can count them, you know, his three point well, shooting yet. It's a short, small sample, but right. E- either way, he's been, he's sh- playing a lot harder than he used to. He looked like at times the last couple of years, the limited amount of times we've seen him, he sort of like floats a little bit and disappears here and there and almost gets like, you know, I don't know, almost looks like he's like, doesn't know what he's doing sometimes. And yeah. I feel like this year it's like, he's really got a feel. He's for an NBA player. He belongs. System. Yes. He looks like, that's, I think that's what we yeah, said. When it's I a good fit for he him. Looks but I mean, like again, an NBA player. How much of it is a defined role? He's playing 20 minutes a night and again, he's earned that over these other guys, but he doesn't have to get show up wondering, 
uh, you know, oh, Brad's going to throw me in because he needs a spark. Like, he's got a steady role, and I think that's mm-hmm. helped his confidence. And he goes out there, and he's just – he can play with any lineup. He can yeah. – he's hitting – I mean, obviously, I don't think the four four seventy five three-point percentage is sustainable. But the stroke looks good, and he's knocking down shots. Yeah. Like, he's a shooter. He can get to the basket. He makes athletic plays. Like you said, he's kind of a do-it-all guy who doesn't need the ball a lot. And he's playing great defense, too. So, yeah, another guy who just looks like a real – NBA wing and I don't know if he's ever going to be a superstar live up to his <laughs> high school recruiting status what have you but he's a guy who I like when he's out there now and you know I, I like he can play with anyone and kind of take on different roles based on who else is out there and what we need um, we love that versatility and again he's earned that role and he's earned those minutes so super super excited about Romeo and it's like good for him finally he's healthy he had an offseason he has a real role um so all of those all of us Romeo truthers out there who've been patient it's it's awesome to see and he's been really helpful for this team I'm, I see no reason again why that won't continue I think Romeo is going to um, be one of those guys that like you know first half of his career is kind of like you know you didn't know what, what was going what was happening with him he was kind of an underachiever and injury prone and everything and then midway through his career he starts to figure it out and then second half of his career is just going to be like a great vet and you know one of those guys that bounces around contenders and it's like like kind of like a Jeff Green type where I know Jeff Green has like a better career start but like yeah you know, totally he's just a, a guy that has a good role on a good team and you know he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a valuable player in the league for a long time and, you know yeah. I'm not I don't want people to think I'm saying he's a superstar like I think he's gonna be a guy that can play in the NBA <laughs> for a long time kid is still what 21 22 years yeah. old and again has because of freak injuries hasn't even really had a chance to establish anything so it's yeah. good to see definitely good to see and and he deserves it happy for him happy for us uh, says Celtics fans but this is kind of I guess uh all the players we've just been so thrilled with for role players it's kind of come at the expense of Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard who have basically been buried um and I mean there have been times especially in some of these losses where you want to see them out there but again we just talked about all these guys playing well it's it's hard to get the minutes and you know it's when it's tough to get minutes it's tough to get in there and it seems like Pritchard's kind of pressing maybe when he gets in there, like he's trying too hard. The shot's been way off for Neesmith. God, I mean, I think he's under 20% on threes. Like, and I, again, I think it's probably he's trying too hard. He knows his role's limited. He doesn't know when he'll get another chance or all that. So it's tough to make an impact like that. I mean, I've liked what I've seen when he's out there, the way he plays and stuff. He just, he just can't buy a shot. Yeah. I mean, that's. that's Our two guys who are supposed to be arguably (laughs) our two best shooters too. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, we've never. Obviously, times last year, Dean Smith has had good shooting games, stretches, but he still has never really shown me like he's the best shooter in that draft class, like everybody was saying. I mean, he's a good shooter, but the way everyone's talking about coming into the draft is like he is a sharp shooter. He's a guy that's going to, you know, just give him a, give him a shot. He's going to knock it down. And mm-hmm. I just really haven't seen that. I mean, it's like it's tough. He'll, he'll have some like, you know, it's just, I don't, I never, con- like, when I teams take a shot, I'm like, oh, this is going in. I'm like, no matter mm-hmm. the scenario. And I feel like with, <laughs> with a sharpshooter, like, you're, you expect you're them to make a shot. Yeah. And I just don't ever expect them to make a shot. So. Yeah, it's tough to watch, really. You feel bad. And he's, he's, talk about a guy who you never question the effort. Like, he goes in there and he's going 110% every play. And I love what he brings to us. And if he could just get it going and shoot 40% on those shots, like what we kind of all were expecting, I think, he probably would carve out a role, but uh, it's tough. Uh, so, you know, again, 
not giving up on those guys. Certainly overall still, still promising and track preaching patience there. Uh, we got a lot of mouse to feed for a change, which is a, again, a good, good problem to have. Uh, so I'm confident it's, it's nice to have options and I think their, their time will come. So that's good. Um, moving on to the one other kind of mainstay who we haven't discussed at all. And that's the whole, of course, the Marcus smart conundrum, which if, is it a conundrum? I don't know, but there's just always going to be people out there hating no matter what saying all the bad things that happened to the Celtics are because of Marcus. We got to trade him this and that everyone hates him, blah, blah, blah. And then the other side that's basically saying, you know, he's our best player. We're only good because of Marcus. How could we ever get rid of him? Um, <laughs> the truth, as always, lies somewhere in the middle. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a lover and a truster of Marcus Smart. This is well documented over the years. Um, but again, another guy who's in, in a new role. He's the starting point guard of this team. He's the heart and soul, kind of the, the veteran leader, I guess. Um what are you, what are your thoughts on on Marcus at this point? Where do you fall, or kind of somewhere in the middle? Well, I still don't understand the people saying that he's not a point guard. I mean, I don't. I, I no. think he's. Well, they're just that wrong. He, they're just. Yeah. We were saying that is wrong. I mean, it's it's a fact. He's. The but it's like a. Guard. It's like <laughs> he a, just it's is. Almost like it's like this narrative, like national mm-hmm. narrative. Where it's like, oh, they don't have a point guard, so Marcus Smart's a point guard. Like, no, he right. can. He he is a point guard. He plays like a point right. guard. Yeah, he, no, he wasn't to start his career, but he's it's like ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, well, and I think it's a, the, well, it's the team. I mean, the, yeah. since he got drafted, they brought in Isaiah Thomas, then they brought in Kyrie Irving, then they brought in Kemba Walker. So it just seems like that's a natural hole to fill. And I mean, obviously you and I have been saying, no, it's not. We don't need a shoot first scoring point guard. Give me this defense minded playmaking, spread the ball around point guard who doesn't need a lot of shots. Um, right. So that's what we've always wanted. And he's, that's who he is. He's filled the yeah. role that we expected him to fill it. So, I mean, I, I, think- I I've, I've been happy with Marcus. I think he's played actually really well. And the, you know, the numbers are starting to back it up. He has the best on off rating on the team. And, you know, our net rating is about 15 points higher when he's out there and we struggle a lot when he's not. And, you know, this is kind of what it is every, every year you look at the stats and you, the first thing people, are, Oh, he shot one of seven. He's so bad. It's like, well, all right. But what about the million other things he's doing out there uh, anchoring that perimeter defense? And, you know, I just think he's been really good, especially kind of since he, <laughs> Lit a lit a fire under this team if you want to give him credit for that or whatever, but he's he's held up his end of the bargain. I've I've loved what I've seen playmaking. He's had some amazing plays. Um, he's keeping the ball moving. He's called for more playmaking, and I think he's he's largely done the job of it. He's just he is what he is. He's rock solid on both sides of the ball. He's if he makes two three threes in a row, you can expect the fourth one's coming. Um, and you know I'll live with that. Is the positives, as always, far outweigh the negatives. The numbers back it up. Again, just look at the teams, how they play when he's on the court versus how they are when he's off the court, and it's more drastically positive in his favor than anyone else on the team, including Tatum and Brown. So for me, there's not it's not worth rehashing this, you know, almost decade-long discussion at this point. I don't think there's any rift within the team. I think everything is solid. He's the leader. He's the heart and soul. It's tough love, but it's love. He's our guy. And that's, you know, I think I'm good with it. All the, anything else is just noise. Show me one NBA player who doesn't take a heat check when they're on fire, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I can't blame him for that, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think, think he's, he's been, he's been the same player that he's been, I think. 
Yeah. No, I don't. I wouldn't say he's better, better or worse. Than it was last year. I think his defense yeah. looks better. Um, and well, other yeah, stuff. but I mean, I think his team defense looks better too. So yeah, I, mean, I think it kind of. Sure. Um, he doesn't but, have to do it. Yeah. He doesn't have to cover for Kemba right, <laughs> and Fournier exactly. and guys like that. So. Yeah. So I mean, I think I'm it's not... I think it's coming around, and you know, this is what I want. This is I like yeah. to see it. So. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's yeah. a problem. I don't think it's a it's a made up problem. It's a media narrative. I think that the only thing that I've been contemplating lately when it comes to Marcus mm-hmm. is like you said he is probably our leader still even you know with mm-hmm. you know Jalen and Jason being the guys right and he's the vocal leader let's say yeah but then so like the the early struggles this year you know I'm not putting any of it on him but I'm saying like if you get to the point at the end of the year where it's like we still look like the same sort of team that is just streaky yeah. Look, sometimes we come out like, you know, we're not ready to play. Or, mm-hmm. You know, we're not making an effort. And, and, you know, he's usually the guy that makes an effort every night. But if he is the leader of the team and the team keeps playing like, you know, is it doesn't make a step forward, then I feel like you kind of got to look into mixing things up. And they're not going to trade Jalen. They're not going to trade Jason. Yeah. But I feel like Marcus he's is the, the guy that it's yeah. going to fall on if, sure. you know, things don't But I think – by that same token, I mean, in his defense, they started off two and five. So as the leader, he called out the team. And sure. since then, they've played the best defense right. in the NBA. So and I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying I mean, it's fair. you can only I'm do so much. He can't it's make just, Jason Tatum make shots. No, I know. And it's it's but, like, no, it's not, I'm not saying it's fair. It's just like, I think that I think probably, he responded the way you'd want yeah. that leader to respond. So, you would think yeah, so. but I mean, I, I, I don't know about, saying, uh, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people have a problem with him doing it like publicly calling them out. And yeah. Huh. You know, I don't really know like, Maybe it had to be done. Yeah, how it works in the NBA and if that was the right or wrong thing to do, but yeah. um, he's a fiery know, guy. He does some things yeah. in the moment that he probably regrets, but hey, the results so far have spoken for themselves. And Japan. Maybe, you know, maybe Tatum and Brown need that. Maybe they need a little, little kick in the ass and tough love sometimes. So whatever. Find We're out. on the same page with that. Um, last, last guy to hit on before we kind of wrap up. <laughs> Another old, new, old face, and that's our, our buddy Ennis Cantor. Um, oh, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about here, and there really shouldn't be. So, for one, that's become, I guess, kind of a story in some uh, kind of like far right wing media outlets, kind of anti NBA uh, people are opining that since Cantor has made comments about China, that the NBA, the Celtics, whoever are trying to bury him and not play him, ignoring the obvious fact that he's just really, really not good at defense um, and has no shot and hell at playing Ime's scheme. And that due to all the guys who we just mentioned playing well, we just haven't needed. He's our 12th guy who we signed for the vet men. So, I mean, I, I don't even want to discuss that narrative. I think it's just, it's, it's funny actually to kind of read that some of those pieces aren't satire. They actually think that like Cantor should be would, playing and isn't because of that, which is, it's funny. Um, I would love it if that was true. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> right. It, it'd be a hilarious story. It's funny to read um, that it's, you know, and it's not satire somehow, right. but not a reality. Um, in terms of Cantor, one thing on him that I think is kind of interesting and that we saw the other night uh, when he came in and I thought, gave us some good minutes off the bench and one of the first opportunities he's had to play is I think Cantor can be useful in kind of blowout games where we do seem to get lackadaisical because what he can do is score. Um, you know, so 
you could kind of put him in there to just trade baskets and live with it. And he's a good rebounder. So he's not going to give up a ton of offensive rebounds to the other team. And he can score down low. So I think he could, could be like kind of a, almost like an innings eater from a baseball uh, analogy in late game blowouts. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, he's some like secret weapon, but I just think if there is a use for him on this team, maybe that's it. Yeah. He's a guy that can, you can probably tread water he's with a for a little while. Yeah. He's a, he's a pro. And people, I mean, the locker, you know, players seem to love him. I mean, he seems like a fun guy and a good teammate. I mean, he's always, yeah. you know, he doesn't play for, you know, two weeks and then comes out and he's always smiling and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's, he uh, there's he a little too much press about him for his role in the team at the moment, I think is I think, could, yeah. could become a concern where they're just like, all right, get out of here. We're done with you. But like you said, it does seem like everyone likes him and he's a good guy in the locker room. So I don't see any they, reason if they, to... if he's not a distraction, then I'm fine with him staying and playing that role of kind of closer, close out blowouts. Yeah. You could have a worse fourth or fifth thing. Than I know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's all he is. So Anyway, uh, that's about it. I guess last thoughts would be where uh, where are you from where you were at the beginning of the year? Like, what are you hoping now we could see the rest of the season? What's a realistic expectation? We're, we're not going to hit on Jabari at all? <laughs> no, sorry. Next okay. pod. All right. All right. Um, expectations. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping we're somewhere in between – a 500 team and the way we've played the last seven games. Cause I don't think, I don't think we're a five and two team probably, you know, uh, extrapolated out through the season. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we're, we should be much better than we were when we started and, you know, somewhere close to where we are now. Um, and I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much all depends on if, Jalen or Jason can figure it out. If he can start hitting shots at a mm-hmm. higher efficiency, then we're going to start winning more games. I know it's like it's easy to say, well, we've been five and two without Jason playing well. Once he starts to play well, we'll be like, you know, dominant. And I just don't think, I don't think yeah. we have that. Or I don't think we have that makeup right now. Um, but I do think we, we should be a good team. We should be, uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the East is very saturated with average teams right now. Um, yeah. And there are some people ahead of us that, you know, I don't trust to be, you know, mm-hmm. ahead of us the whole season and, you know, teams ahead of us, I think we're better than, but um, I mean, it's going to be a comp- very competitive. Like there's a lot of, there are a lot of teams that are going to win games in the East this year. Um, you know, it's, it's not like the old East where it's like, right. You have three or four teams at the top and everyone else is below 500. Right. Like, yeah, and very few see... teams that are tanking. If you know, right. not really any teams that are just not trying to be good. Most teams, at least for now, seem like they're pretty all in on making the playoffs. And I think part of it, you know, the lotto reform and now this play-in game have made it a lot more competitive teams, which I think is a good thing. But it probably also means, yeah, we're not going to just because we're trying, we're not going to automatically win fifty games or whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, I think we're closer to a five and two team than the two and five team. I think the fact that the defenses look so good is something to build on. And I think the offense and shot making are things that we expect to, to kind of regress to the mean in a positive way for this team. And yeah, I mean, I think it's still hopeful that we could get to, you know, that four or five range in the East is probably where we belong, hopefully. And uh, that we could be clicking at the right time and healthy at the right time. And 
you know, expectations I wouldn't say are down too much from what I was hoping for at the beginning of this year. Like you said, a lot of the teams above us are, have played well, but it's, I'm not ready to say like, I fear teams like the Wizards and Bulls. I still think the Nets and Bucks are probably the clear cream of the crop in the East. And beyond that, it's pretty open because, you know, other teams that people thought might be ahead of us, um, like Atlanta has, what, what did they start? Five and nine or something. They're looking worse than we are. Uh, Philly is a bit of a mess. Uh, the Knicks, you know, after the hot start and bing bong and all that have uh, kind of come back to earth a bit. And so again, like nobody's really pulling away. I think even at seven and seven, we're like three and a half games out of the one seat in the East. So a lot of basketball to be played. It's wide open. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the, the state of the Celtics right now. That's where we're at. So we promise, fans, we won't leave you hanging again for this long. We we'll, should be back at it with hopefully a regular weekly episode going forward to talk all things Celtics. So for Nick, I'm Ben. Chuddy Heads, thanks for joining us as always. Peace out. Go Celtics. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for Spray the park and have my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Tech cursive on the chest, he was going to Sean John. They were sleeping on the garden and dawn.